first podcast of 2021. You wanted to say something, though. What was it? New Year, new me. Yes, it is. Indeed, no, it's it is not. a new you. It's not a new you. You don't feel like you're renewed? No, I'm the same. I, I don't need to be renewed because I'm great as I am. Yeah, well, see, now, are you mocking me? Because, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I often feel like at the beginning of the new year, people have all of this stuff they're doing. It's like this reevaluation, and they're going to come up with these, what do you call it, New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And change everything. And it's, and I it's have like, resolutions for the people around me. Right, I, right. You can think of reasons why other people should change, but not yourself. <laughs> no, I mean, I often feel like, okay, well, why, what should I do differently? It's like I'm doing every, everything I can. Why does that just sound so egotistical? Are you? Well, I mean, in terms of getting my work done and, I, and my, my job, I feel like I'm so busy all the time. I'm taking care of people around me. I, I don't know. It's like, just leave me alone. It's, it's like, just let me celebrate the new year and that's it. Why do I have to like restructure? Now I'm going to restructure my being because uh, uh, it's a different foot in the page on a calendar. I mean, come on. Speaking of calendars, actually, this reminded me of an up uproar you caused. Yeah, um, go another, ahead. Another like public thing. What did I do? Do you remember when we were in that bookstore? That one time. Oh, with the Titanic calendar. And they had the calendars displayed. Right, right. I stirred up some controversy in the storm. I guess it was like an early indication of the podcasts and the TikTok thing that we were going to have some ability to do that. Well, I thought there was like a disconnect because the Titanic was was a, I, mean, I don't even have to say it. It was a disaster in terms it's of... It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. The loss of human right, life. Right, and think of like how people died. They were separated from their loved ones. Some people got on the boat and left their husbands or wife on board the ship or whatever and and just this like trauma even the trauma of the people who had to go out there and like search for bodies and stuff afterwards i was reading something about that at one point and then you go into like a bookstore and here's your commemorative titanic coffee mug or the calendars or people the, have titanic themed proms yeah titanic themed birthday parties yeah and, and i think the thing that got that person in the store going was because i said oh look january 1st or something and there's or whatever the date was and it shows this picture of the ship going down and then it's like that's the day i have to take muffins for his uh, uh neutering yes neutering or something <laughs> you know and you've got all these like things written on this basically on this picture of your of these i don't know how many life. people died over a thousand right your mundane yeah. life and and the horror of a ship that size like going a keel up and and going into the water i mean it's just it's mind-boggling and then it's just accompanying people in their day-to-day -day routine while they sip their coffee or whatever yeah i don't know but I, I can't think of another human tragedy that sort of has been marketed in a similar way. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. We'd have to think about it. Uh, 1,517 people died on the Titanic. Right. Yeah. And you think of... See, it's kind of died down now, but when they found it... Yeah. That was like there was Titanic craziness in this country. Yeah. Uh, and then that movie came out. Uh, and and there was and that there was a follow up of craziness. And Can I say something, actually, about this, which yeah, is ahead. kind of revealing something about? Well, I don't. Whatever. I don't. I guess I don't really care if I reveal it. When I was a freshman in college, um, 
my French class took a weekend excursion. We took like a trip to Canada. Yeah. We were in Montreal <clears throat> and it was a lot of mostly women. And I got dragged out with these women to go to a male strip club. Yeah. What's this have to do with the Titanic? Because when we were there, the male strippers did a Titanic act. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So they had... I just want to preface this by saying that they had done... You don't normally go to strip clubs. No, that was the only time I'd ever been to a strip club. But we had just seen a screening of Magic Mike at college. I have no idea what that is. It's that Channing Tatum movie about strippers. Okay. The point is it's a Hollywood film about male strippers. Right. So I think that having seen that, when we went out to this male strip club, I don't know about the other girls, but like I had really high expectations for the costumes, the choreography, the set Yeah, pieces. you thought you were going to like a Paris cabaret style show? I thought that I was going to get um, a show of very high production quality. Yeah. Why I thought that, right. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But it was extremely disappointing um, in comparison. So when they did, they did try to do these like um, kind of skits or whatever. Yeah. But all of their set pieces were like made out of cardboard and, you know, like paint. Yeah. It wasn't anything. So did they actually do something about so, the Titanic? So yeah, so they had like a, a boat. They had a boat thing. So basically, if you were a woman and you paid extra money, you got to go up on stage with the stripper oh, and, and he would he would be like fake doing you yeah in front of the audience what? so yeah they called up this woman and he had her on the boat and they had the fake waves and stuff and then he put on the necklace and then he like pinned her up on the top of the boat wow so but yeah so for the memorial to right. the victims of so, the titanic so yeah when you think about it it's like this terrible tragedy and then you have a stripper doing the whole act yeah, around that's it that's probably like the least of what What's going on around it? I mean, people would continue to make a fortune off that thing. The Titanic, yeah. Yeah. Well, that woman in the bookstore agreed with you. Yeah, well, I think that was the first time she thought about it that way, because she said, hey, you're right. It's <laughs> like, yeah, 1,500 people died. Uh, yeah, I'm not that I'm proud that I was right, but it, it, was, it was just, yeah. Well, um... There was something else I wanted to launch into, and I guess it's on, on a, in a similar vein. Okay. Uh, and I know you don't want to talk much about the books. Oh, it's fine. We'll talk uh, about the That books. we talked about on TikTok. Should but, we talk about the paper bag princess controversy? Yeah, for that, I don't feel there was any controversy, really. People got upset that you mentioned the patriarchy. Well, I know, but that's why, precisely why I feel like there, there is no controversy to speak of. Uh, and if that's what they want to think, then then let them think that. I mean... We don't uh, need them. Well, no, and it's, it's not that. It's just that I don't think that that's not... It's uh, Did I say anything that wasn't a valid standpoint uh, or that was that controversial? I mean, no, that's why I'm saying we don't right. need them. It's like, do we, uh, uh, do we not know these things? Right? Right. It's not like you were giving really that much of an opinion about it you were just making an observation right well where that dude was coming from where was he coming from yeah it, it, it was it, it, it was a patriarchal uh, uh value uh system that uh at least seemed to be in playing the book and i think that's precisely that was precisely the point of i'm sorry about that that's okay. that was precisely the point of the book wasn't it to overturn that or or, or illuminate that um, 
but yeah, the other thing I wanted to say was we were talking about the um, green eggs and ham. Mm -hmm. And someone came after me about that and said, oh, with all the stuff going on in the world, this is what you worried about. Uh, or, and then someone else implied that I overanalyzed. Well, people always say that. Yeah, but I, I see, I think that one of the things that is undeniable is that it's a work of art. Right, yeah. and it's a work of art. I believe it was published in 1960, so it's as old as I am. Right, it's 60. It's been in the culture for 60 years. It's still being read. It's still being published. It's still active in our culture, and it probably will still be active in our culture 60 years from today. And my point that I wanted to make in the comments, but I don't really like to hash out stuff in the comment section, is that. Works of art have a way of persisting. It's like I bet a lot of people know about Van Gogh. They have a good sense of when he lived. Uh, they have a, maybe they could in 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 a, in a, in a sense date his paintings, or they understand something about French culture via the looking at those paintings. Uh, know something about him. How many people could call to mind like concurrent political affairs in France? Uh, I can't. At the time of Van Gogh. Historians. Unless you're, right, historians, unless you're a specialist. And it's just an example of the vitality of the work of art and the immediacy of it and, and its persistence. That people continue to look at those things and will continue to look at them for a long, long time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with taking apart a book by Dr. Seuss or uh, critically looking at anything. I think you should critically evaluate everything. I, 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 you know, that's, that's my take on it. Right. So that's, I think, the only thing I wanted to say about that because I think the rest of it was pretty self-evident. I did like the comment about the, where the dude said that in the military they serve you the eggs and uh, on an aluminum plate and the eggs turn green because of the aluminum. I thought there were a lot of really interesting observations or interpretations in the comments. Right. There was a lot of stuff about, like, was Sam I am Uncle Sam? Right. Capitalism, money. And, yeah, and was the green ham... Uh, you know, did that represent money? Uh, yeah, there were a lot of clever things. and uh, Now, a lot of people also commented that while it's true not to force things on people, isn't it different when it's like a kid and you're trying to get a kid to not be a picky eater and to expand their horizons? Right, but now, would, you, would you advocate that kind of harassment? Sometimes. You would, yeah. See, I was raised that way, and I was raised in a way where they put the food in front of you, and you ate it. And it didn't matter if you didn't like it, uh, you didn't want it, you didn't feel well, you ate it. And I, I mean, I, I was telling you a story, I'll tell it again. I, I went to a restaurant with my parents, I was about eight, seven or eight, I don't know. Uh, they let me order off the menu, it was a steakhouse, so I, I didn't know. I ordered a steak, baked potato... Uh, it was time, you know, I, I, time for dessert. Uh, I ordered a cup of coffee because I, I was always drinking coffee even as a kid. A piece of apple pie with um, ice cream on it. And of course, the dessert came. Uh, uh, you know, I placed the dessert order prior to finishing the steak. I couldn't finish the steak. Couldn't finish the baked potato. They put the dessert in front of me. Uh, my parents are like, you've got to eat that. You ordered it. We bought it for you. You have to eat it. 
And so the situation is getting tense. You know, I start crying. I don't want to eat it. And it's like, you're going to eat it. You know, my mother, she would just like take the fork, put it in the food, open, and stick the food in, in my mouth. So, I mean, they stuffed as much of this into me as they could. Yeah. Right? So they're mad at me because I'm not eating all the food. So we get out into the parking lot of the restaurant. I vomit everywhere. Right? The whole meal comes up. So they're pissed off at me now because... they paid for all that food. They paid. My, I remember my dad saying, uh, nice, uh, I paid for all that food and it's on, the par- it's on the ground in the parking lot. Get in the car. And then, of course, I got home. I was feeling great, you know, because <laughs> I purged myself of all of that, like, he- stuff that was making me feel ill. And uh, I get, get home and I'm hungry. So I'm asking my mother to give me something for dinner, and she was totally pissed off. I mean, she wasn't gonna. Feel, eventually, she gave me like a bowl of cereal or something, and I was I was fine. But obviously, that was a traumatic experience because a lot of stuff went down in 1968 or 67. And that's the thing that you remember. But I remember that vividly. Right. And I went to a school where you went through the cafeteria line, you took your food, you went to the cafeteria, sat down. And my teachers uh, stalked that environment, and no one got up and took an empty uh, a plate with food on it back to the table, you know, the, the dirty dish table. And if you didn't, they stood there. And I have memories of people being forced to eat in a similar fashion and then becoming sick. And, and you know, how can any of that uh, be, be a healthy, promote a healthy attitude? But what about, I mean, this is, what you're talking about is pretty extreme. But what about kids who don't want to eat any sort of fruit or vegetables? Or, I mean, is, don't you think that there's a necessity to push them to at least try it? Well, yeah, but I think there are more subtle and gentle ways to get, bring somebody around to being open than to pursue them. And I think that's what happens in that book. He's pursued pretty relentlessly at the expense of a lot of the surrounding environment, if you look at it carefully. And, um, yeah, and, 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 and it's imp- the, the one part of the book that's unclear to me is when the unnamed character says, I do not like that Sam I am, is the reason he doesn't like him because of the characteristics he displays in the book, or is he telling us something about his uh, uh, makeup, that he generally does not like something that he hasn't tried or that he's not familiar with what does that mean at the beginning where he says that is it the same as him saying i don't like green eggs and ham even though i haven't eaten them so that that was the thing but yeah and and uh, yeah i get that i get what people were saying about well he it's not wrong to like push somebody somewhat into a new experience but um yeah maybe i'm coming at it with my own biases because of the way i was you know, the things I saw as a kid. Okay. So, as you know, I am a big um, believer in donating to charity. Yeah, I know, know you are. I donate to charity every year. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that I did this year was there was this website where you can choose different projects to contribute to by different organizations, and I thought that it was really cool. Something that I'm personally really passionate about is animal welfare. Yeah. So 
one of the organizations that I donated to um, was their kind of mission is to feed and care for pets um, owned by homeless people. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of homeless people with animals, and right. so it's something that, you know, touched my heart. So I gave them some money, uh, and they sent me an email today. Uh, and I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna make a TikTok about this I think because I yeah. want to share this story. But they sent me an email today, basically telling me what they did with my money. Yeah, when you first told me about that, I was like, oh, that's that's so like reassuring. It's so nice. Yeah, and, and but it was like a feel good thing. Right. So you open the email, and immediately, at the be- you see this photo at the top, and it's this happy puppy. It's like a little. It's a puppy. It's a um. Uh, what? It's a bulldog. It's a bulldog that's happy. It's in the grass with a football. It's yes, smiling. Really, cute, yeah. really, really cute. And so it's the the first part of it is like about how my donation has had all this impact. And so they wanted to tell me what they did with my money. So okay, I'm feeling good. I'm seeing this cute puppy. Right. It looks great. Um, and so I get into the email, and they're telling me about the dog that I helped, and they're saying that it belonged to a homeless woman in Washington D.C. The dog was a service animal. Um, and basically she started worrying about her dog because the dog was dragging its back legs. Mm. Reasonable. So basically they said that the organization, um, helped, you know, get the dog an exam at a hospital. Yeah. Um, and this email just goes into like extreme detail, but basically the doctor thought the dog had a herniated disc or a growth on the spine. The doctor recommended a CT scan. His opinion was even if surgery were performed, there would not be any recovery and no return of function now, in the legs. Now, why do they have to tell you that? And so then they said the dog became incontinent. So, you know, now I'm, I'm like, this is making me really, this is bumming me out. Yeah, it's depressing. So then they had to take the dog for a neurological consultation. They did all these x-rays um, and they couldn't find anything wrong. So that they, they think there was like a stroke in the dog's spinal cord. So did the dog recover? So... It says here, uh, the doctor is going to try acupuncture for four to six weeks, as sometimes they get results from this treatment. He offered to do this at no charge at all. The owner called to say thank you. She also said the staff at the hospital was wonderful. She will keep in touch, and she emailed a photo of her dog. So I also think that the wording in this is confusing, because after reading that, I felt hopeful. I said, okay, this is sad, but there's hope for this dog. Right. Then it says... A few weeks later, the doctor called to say that now the dog is bleeding heavily and not eating or drinking anything. What? <laughs> it says, we paid for additional blood work and x-rays. The doctor called back and said she had a uterine infection and was very sick. Unfortunately, with the poor quality of life expected with no function of her rear legs and being incontinent, it was decided to put the dog down. Wow. So, he, so I mean, then it says that this organization paid for the euthanasia. Wow. So... I mean, I under- here's the thing. I get it. You feel this totally bummed me out. Yeah, of course. But I just like can't understand, and I still, you know, think this organization is doing like good things. But I just can't understand in terms of like from a marketing perspective, why is this what they're telling me when I donated to them? Because it's not. It's like very off-putting. Well, on the one hand, I appreciate the complete transparency yeah. and full disclosure of the use of the money and the and the outcome of the of the effort but this doesn't make me feel like i helped yeah these people are clearly very uh straightforward people 
you know. Which is, I do, I see admirable qualities, but as someone yeah. who gave them money hoping that it would, like, save... Yeah. Like, pets, this was a very disturbing email. And don't you think it's misleading when you open it and there's that picture of that cute puppy? Well, you showed me that picture just now, and, it, and it's... It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's this, a this smiling, cute. happy puppy. And yeah. then at the end, it's like the right. puppy is dead. I'm sure that woman whose dog, who was the owner of that dog, was just appreciative of the fact that the dog could get seen and treated. And I mean, think of like, just, you just have an animal and it's sick and you can't do anything for it. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure she appreciated that. I think you did a good thing. Good way to start off the new year. That was your opening, opening for the new year. Maybe people can weigh in on this somehow. Because I'm not sure. I guess I would have wanted them to sugarcoat it just a little fun. Yeah, please. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, like, please lie please. to me. Yeah. It's on some level. Yeah. Um, so what's coming up? For what? For us? Yeah. So we're going to carve some wood block. Is that coming up next? Or something. Yeah, I think well, we, I think we have a lot of ideas. We just have to figure out how to produce more right things kind of got short-circuited at a certain point and then i i feel like we need some studio updates there's okay. some paintings and things i want to show and get some opinions on because the last one with the flower some of the analysis people had of it i found very helpful mm -hmm. uh and it sort of steered me in 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 a, in a new direction with are it. you saying that tiktok is shaping the way you create People notice certain things about it that I kind of noticed as well and was driving along determined sense. And then I stepped back and looked at it and said, yeah, maybe there's another way to do this. Yeah, so there are some other paintings that I'm curious about and what people would think of. And then I, I really feel like I want to critique the cat in the hat. Yeah. Since we're on the Dr. Seuss thing. Let's get it. Yes, you know what else you haven't talked about that what? we should bring up at some point? What? Is you your lordship. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that now. You want to talk about changes in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, I became a lord. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I'm the one who did it. Oh, yeah, that's right, you did, yeah. Uh, number one daughter for, for, for my holiday gift gave me this envelope, and I'm thinking, okay, well, what's this? Open it up, and uh, it was a uh, basically... A uh, document. A document from Scotland... Uh, informing me that I now have the status of uh, lordship. Because you own property. In Scotland, because she bought me a piece of property in Scotland. A very, very small piece of property. The, uh, the minimum amount of property you would need <laughs> for someone to put together a document that... Uh, I don't even know that you could stand... You probably um, can't. You, can't put you your... probably can't get to it. You probably can't. It's probably on the side of some mountain cliff uh, somewhere. But anyway, yeah, it was kind of interesting. So I was watching this travel show, coincidentally, about a week later. And they were showing this castle, this this beautiful place in Scotland. Yeah, I didn't buy you a castle. I was thinking, why? Well, I wonder if that's my place. Because Prince Charles was there. I didn't for buy some you a party castle. With Camilla. I didn't. I can't and afford that. I was thinking, I wonder if that's my. I wonder if they're using my place for <laughs> for that party. <laughs> yeah, no. So I like that. So I'm. I know. I'm. I've been actually prefacing my name with Lord in various instances. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind that, but I think there are probably other people in your life who are aggravated by that. I think there are enough people in my life who are aggravated just with... Your existence? With me being as I am, that the attachment of Lord to the uh, front of my name probably would piss them off uh, even more. It's number one daughter and Lord, Lord number, number one, one dad. One dad.
So thank you. Number for one, Lord Dad. Number one, Lord, Lord number one. I think it's Lord number one, or is it number one, Lord, Dad? Number Lord one. number one, Dad. Our Dad. I don't know. Goth Dad, Lord. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Lord Goth Dad. All right. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for putting up with us. Give you a break from all the craziness. Yes, for sure.